0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, <laughs> alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ala ashrafil anbiya, yobhul salin, muhammadu sallallahu alaihi wa alayhi wa sallam tasliman kathirun kathira, khama My brothers sisters and elders, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends us into this world free from sin. When we are born, we are pure, we are free from sin. But then we accumulate, as somebody said, everyone's character starts out spotless, and you can only stain it. So, that's what happens. The big question is, why does it happen? Then the answer should be, what can be done to prevent that? Why it happens is two, two main reasons. One is nafs our own self-indulgence, something I want to do, which is wrong, which is not permissible in Islam, which is not permissible even sensibly, logically. Take for example cigarette smoking, I'll give you numbers. In 2020, in America alone, 500,000 people died of cigarette smoking and tobacco related illnesses. 500,000 people, half a million died from cigarette smoking in this one country alone, right? Now, it's not illegal because cigarette companies pay taxes. Government should technically stop it. Just ask yourself, I, I sometimes ask this question. I said, if I tell you that there is some agency which killed half a million Americans in 2020, what would be the reaction? Right? You would have the... I don't know what you would do. We'd throw the whole book at them, right? But that's exactly what's happening. Cigarette smoking is killing 500,000 people. So, so, what's happening? Nothing. And the reason being that we equate, we live in an environment where this has been inculcated in our head that as long as it makes money, it is fine. Now, Islam says it is not making money or not making money is not a criteria in Islam. What is fine and what is not fine is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has permitted and what He has prohibited and that is related directly to what is beneficial and what is harmful for us. Any prohibition in Islam is... Allah Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond... There is no nothing that can benefit Him or harm Him. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is prohibiting something, it is for our good. If He is permitting something, it is for our good. But when this is not part of the upbringing and raising of children, when this is not part of the culture, then we get carried away by the dominant culture. The dominant culture is, as long as it makes me happy, this is fine. Now You would have heard this statement from people, it's okay as long as they are happy. As long as they are happy is not a criterion, it's not even logically a criterion, because there are some people who are doing some very toxic things and they are very happy doing them, right? Extremely to- toxic things, but they are very happy doing them. So how, is it, how can you say, as long as you are happy, it's okay. It's not okay. The thing by itself has to be good for it to be okay. So one reason why we commit sins is because of self-indulgence. We like to do something and we don't care whether it is permitted or not permitted. We do it and that's a sin. The other big reason, and that's why I mentioned cigarette smoking, Is peer pressure, is the pressure from friends, which comes right from schools, schools and colleges, universities, outside society and so on and so forth. There is a pressure on the individual to confirm to the group that they are hanging out with. Cigarette smoking almost entirely, I can probably say that 100% of people who start smoking cigarettes do that because of peer pressure. There's no, uh, nobody will just do it by themselves. It's almost entirely it's because of peer pressure. My, my friends are smoking, so I'm smoking. And so also with drugs, so also with, with so many other things. Now, these two reasons, self-indulgence and peer pressure. Now, what is the solution to this? The solution to this is to create a home environment which can be a template, a criterion against which the child judges whatever he or she sees in their environment. right? So, for example, I always tell people, tell your children, encourage them to invite their friends home, right? not, not hang out with them in this uh, place or that place. Tell call them home, please come, bring your children home. We'll uh, bring your friends home, you know, come for a meal, whatever. Now that gives, first of all, gives you an opportunity to know who who your children's friends are, which is an important thing for you to know. And secondly, for the child himself or herself, it gives an opportunity to see that friend in the environment of your home, which gives them a frame of reference. Does this child, does this friend of mine fit into this environment? Because my environment is an environment of, of goodness, inshallah, piety and so on. Doesn't have to be a Muslim friend, any friend. Does that friend fit into my home environment? And if the friend sticks out like a sore thumb, then automatically your child knows that maybe this is not the kind of person I should be hanging out with. Because there is nothing in common. Their language is different. The way they talk is different. The way they behave is different. So maybe I should not be with such people. This gives them a template to judge what they are seeing in the external environment. That is why the home environment is so critically important. If we have our home environment, say may Allah forgive us, this is the big problem today with, with, with Muslim homes. The home environment and the outside environment, there is no difference. There is almost no difference. Same TV shows, same stuff that happens and you know things you do. Okay, at, at some extreme level you don't do those things but most of the stuff which is outside also happens at home. So there is no difference. That should not be there. There should be a very clear difference. When somebody comes home, Alhamdulillah, this person fits in, excellent, good person. Otherwise maybe I should change my company. Company is absolutely critically important. This is what the Sahaba, Ridwan they did. When they accepted Islam in Makkah, they would go and they would spend time with Rasulullah and the Muslims in Baitul Alqam. Right? They still continued their businesses, they still continued their relationships at a business level, at a work level with everybody, but their social life changed, their friends changed, and that is how they changed. When they came and they started spending time with the Prophet and with the Muslims, then their own internal environment changed. Sayyidina Muhammad al Khattab anhu says about himself. He said, I was an alcoholic. I used to drink every day. And he had his group, you know, they used to have like, people have their pub, pub, pub partners. He had people like that. They used to all sit together and drink. And he said that if I had continued like this without Islam, he said, I used to get into fights. He was a, he was a professional wrestler also. He used to, I used to get into fights. He said either I would have died of alcohol overdose or I would have been killed. That would have been my end. finished. So I would not have even lived for too long because of the kind of life I was leading was going nowhere. This is what would have happened. Somebody would have killed me or I would have uh, died of alcohol overdose. He came to Islam and then what, hap- what happened to him in Islam and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used him in Islam to do so much of good for so many years. Right. That is because of the change of the environment. So once he came into Islam all of this obviously stopped and he not only gave up his drinking but the kind of people now he was who he was uh, I don't want to use the term like hanging out and so on because these are the sahaba and this is the but I'm saying that the, the ashab the, comp- the company and the group that they that he used to be with completely changed his life and this is I'm just giving you one example this was the the example and this was the uh, situation with all of them with all of them the kind of people they were with and that's why I cannot possibly overemphasize the importance of good company. I know this uh, because of Covid and so on we are now, nowadays may Allah remove this uh, Bala from us. We are nowadays not visiting each other, we are not going to each other's houses and so on which is a very, very big loss. I mean seriously that is something that was so nice and so good and so important, right? Very important, very important to meet people, very important to go to each other's houses, eat with each other and so on. Nowadays we are not doing it and do maintain your, you know, be careful. I am not telling you to do it, but as and when, inshallah, when this is over, inshallah, we should still do it. But very important to whatever extent, we can't go to each other's house, but we can talk to each other on the phone. So, speak to us, speak to each other on the phone. And now with this, uh, with, with, uh, you know, uh, video conferencing and so on and so forth, you can, you can see people, you can do that. On an interesting side note, I just read the other day. I sent it out also to the groups. There is a man called Nasir Ahmed, who is the one who actually created the algorithm for video conferencing, which is used now all over the world in Zoom and everything else. is a Is a Muslim man from Bangalore called Nasir Ahmed. He lives in New York now. I mean, he's settled down in New York now. Called Nasir. Alhamdulillah, I felt so nice. I said, Alhamdulillah. He's a Muslim man who is responsible today for all the video conferencing. Remember, imagine that people are not seeing each other for now almost two years, but they are able to talk to their families and they are able to do some things. And all this contribution is because of this work of this one Muslim man called Nasir Ahmad. May Allah wa taala bless him and may Allah reward him, inshallah. So the point I want to make and I want to end with that which is that let us focus on our home environments. number one. Number two, let us focus on our friends. And ensure that we keep our records clean. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us into this world with a clean record. Let us not spoil it. And whatever is on it, which has been, which has been spoiled, stained, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the door of istighfar and tawbah. So let us do that. Make istighfar, make tawbah. Change our lives. We can change our lives at any time at all. No matter what you have been doing, no matter how evil my life may have been, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this opportunity as long as, as as I am breathing, as long as I have life, I can change that, I can convert that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ayat of Surah Al-Furqan where he said that he will convert the sins into good deeds. Meaning that you, you, those sins will not only will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive the sins but he will also reward a person uh not reward for the sin but meaning that allah will also reward the person for the istighfar and dawa equal to that so we ask allah subhanahu wa taala to forgive us we ask allah subhanahu wa taala to clean our records we ask allah subhanahu wa taala to be pleased with us and never to be displeased was sallallahu alayhi wa wa